Exodus chapter 20. We continue this week with our series in the book of Exodus and specifically in the Ten Commandments. And today we come to the most disputed and uh, perhaps, though it's hard to say this, the most broken of all Ten Commandments. What is the Fourth Commandment about? Why, according to many sources, is it not repeated in the New Testament? Is it relevant to us today? Doesn't it command Saturday worship, which we don't do? There are many questions that arise in our minds as soon as we read this commandment. And I plan to address pretty much all of them. But the first thing I want to say before we read it is that if we would understand this as one of the ten, that clears up most of the questions. The other commandments tell us a moral principle and they don't get into the nitty gritty. Neither does this one. But everybody wants to get right into the nitty gritty on this one. If I read to you the sixth commandment, verse 13, you shall not murder and say this commandment requires the protection of life. You don't come up to me and say, Pastor, I had Fruit Loops for breakfast. Did I violate the Sixth Commandment? I'm planning to drink a Diet Coke later today. Is that a violation of the Sixth Commandment? What am I, you know, what about bike path design? What about safety features in my car? What about all these ways that I might protect or, on the other hand, risk my life? How do those fall under the Sixth Commandment? Nobody freaks out about that. But if I say Fourth Commandment, Give a day to God. Don't work on that day. Everyone comes swarming up. What is work? When am I working? How am I working? What about this? I put the laundry in the dryer. Was that work? (laughs) Don't freak out. Understand this command as one of the Ten Commandments. And if you do so, that in itself clears up most of the detail questions. Yes, there is a relationship between safety features in cars and the Sixth Commandment. There is a relationship between putting laundry in the dryer and the Fourth Commandment, but it is a distant relationship. In many ways, it's between you and your God. I am not the part of a preacher or an ethicist to say God forbids motorcycles because he says, don't murder. Or on the other hand, to say God forbids Restaurants, because he says, don't work on the Sabbath. Anyway, let's read the commandment, talk about the commandment, keep the commandment. Exodus chapter 20, starting at verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of Yahweh your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your manservant, nor your maidservant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Let's pray. Father, as we dive into the largest, the longest of the commandments, 
Help us to pay attention to every word, knowing that every word of God proves true. We pray that you would help us not to err in excess by trying to keep this commandment in too many ways, things you didn't command at all, nor in defect, as we omit necessary things which you did, in fact, command. Father, help us to pay attention to your word, knowing that you spoke from the top of Sinai to give us a holy day, which is simultaneously a day off. We ask that you would help us to receive that gift, to make use of that gift, to rest and to be holy, to be holy by resting on this day that you call pause day, the day to stop everything that we're doing and be with you in a restful way. Teach us how to do that. Help us to do that for your glory, for the good of ourselves, our families, and our church. Give me the words to speak. Give your people open ears to hear. Destroy the preconditions or the preconceptions that we have regarding this commandment and help us once again to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I said this is the most controversial commandment. This is the commandment most troubled by errors in both directions. The other nine are almost entirely troubled by errors of defect, where people don't do enough to keep the commandment. But this commandment is troubled not just by errors of defect, where people don't do enough, but also by errors of excess, where people do too much. And there are people in this room who I've talked to who more or less dislike the Sabbath because of a background of excess. When they grew up in a home or have been around people who say, Sabbath is a day of no fun, no enjoyment, no learning, nothing except what's boring and awful. That's an error of excess. And of course the Pharisees kept this commandment to excess as well, which is why whenever you see Jesus interacting with them about the Sabbath day, he's saying, stop, you're doing too much. He was not saying this commandment no longer applies. He was correcting errors of excess. So there are a few people out there who keep the sixth commandment excessively. You can tell those people because they walk around town wearing helmets and body armor and elbow pads and knee pads and they only eat the extremely healthy food, and they won't touch anything that might be bad or dangerous, and they don't do anything fun like motorcycling or skydiving or bungee jumping or snowmobiling because that's dangerous. There are a few people like that. But there are many people who keep the Sabbath day excessively. We reject both kinds of errors. The errors of excess and the errors of defect. What we'll see, positively speaking this week, is that this fourth commandment requires remembering and guarding. So two things, remembering and guarding. One day out of every seven. One day out of every seven, the six on, one off pattern. Remember 
and guard one day out of every seven as a holy time made holy by God and kept holy by our resting from our daily work. The commandment says that one day out of seven is a holy time made holy by God, kept holy by our resting from our daily work. So first let's talk about the meaning of the word Sabbath. What is the Sabbath day? I ask my students in AP Lit this question every year. What does the word Sabbath mean? I understand that none of them are Hebrew scholars, but almost all of them say or guess that the word Sabbath means seventh. The word Sabbath does not mean seventh. The Hebrew word for seven is Sheba, as in the Queen of Sheba, or Beersheba. The word Sabbath is a different word. Probably should not have been transliterated as Sabbath because it just means rest or stop. It is a verb as well as a noun, and thus probably the closest equivalent in English is the word pause. That's a, that's a noun, but it is also a verb. On the Sabbath day, in other words, God is saying to us, pause, stop. You all are running around all week long like chickens with your heads cut off for six days, and on the seventh day, I have one word for you, and that word is stop. Just stop. In other words, this commandment is not tricky or difficult. Yes, it is the longest commandment in terms of the number of words, but the basic requirement is simply Whatever you're doing, the other six days, your daily work, daily activities, just stop. That's very basic. Sabbath means pause. And so the Sabbath day, every time you read that phrase, you should translate it as pause day. A day when the activities of the week that carry on incessantly and are always building on each other just grind to a halt and you are freed from those activities. So pause day, it's what a lot of people call a day of rest. Now that phrase, day of rest, doesn't appear anywhere in the Bible. That's a human paraphrase of what the Sabbath day is about. And of course that paraphrase comes from God saying, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. In it you shall do no work. It is a day of rest. Rest. Now that's partially true, but mostly misleading to call it a day of rest. When people hear day of rest, they tend to think that that means that the ultimate goal of the day is that I get to relax. It's a day of rest. And I've had people tell me I shouldn't go to church because it's a day of rest. And frankly, it's tiring to go to church. It's more restful to stay home, stay in bed, Sit on the back porch with a glass of orange juice. That's restful. Going to church is not restful, and it's a day of rest, right? Well, right, but wrong. God doesn't call it a day of rest. He says it's a day where you don't do your daily work. The thing you are resting from is your ordinary work. So, it's a day of rest, but it is also 
a day of making holy. That's how the commandment begins and ends. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And then in verse 11, Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This commandment is framed by holiness. What is holiness? Holiness is a statement of purpose. Holiness means existing for God. To call pause day a holy day is to say that it is a day whose purpose is to exist for God. As a holy day, it is a day set apart by God for God. The time on pause day is God's in a special way that other days are not. Just as the Christian is holy in a special way that other human beings are not. In other words, rather than flattening the terrain of time and saying every day is the same, the Sabbath day takes one day and raises it above the plane of the ordinary to the level of the extraordinary and says this day is different. This day is holy. This day specially belongs to God in a way that the six days do not. We have a somewhat secularized version of this in the concept of the weekend. We have the workday world or workaday world. We've got weekdays with regularly scheduled programming and regular routines. And then we have the weekend. That is special days, days that are extraordinary and rise above the level of the weekday. And this concept has penetrated the popular consciousness. I was talking to the repairman at the Denver airport Friday night. We were working on the moving sidewalks there at about 7.30 p.m. I said, you guys are still here? It's Friday night. One of them says to me, tomorrow is my Friday. And Friday has become the name for the last day of work prior to the weekend, however conceived. And if your weekend is... Wednesday and Thursday, then your Friday is Tuesday, not to confuse the issue too much. God is saying there's this pattern. This day is holy. This day is extraordinary because it belongs to me. So the secularized version is the day is extraordinary because it belongs to me, the worker. My boss controls my life. Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday are mine. God says, no, 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 no. Monday through Saturday belong to God, but Sunday belongs to God in a special way. It is a day that He has made holy. He has set the day apart for Himself. Now, it's a day, though, made holy by resting. And that's the part that a lot of people have missed, myself included. There are I thought I knew a good deal about the Sabbath. I've read three or four books on it, but I learned many things that I did not know in preparing this sermon. So if you think you know a lot about the Sabbath, listen carefully, because chances are you're going to hear things that you've not heard before, and including this. People say day of rest. Those would be roughly identifiable with the crowd that errs in defect. Say, Well, it's rest, so basically that means that it's the equivalent of the weekend in secular terms, and it's my day to do what I want to do, whatever I can call restful. 
But there's also those who err in excess, and that would roughly be those who are in the holiness crowd, and say, it's a day of holiness. This day is a day that God set apart for himself, and therefore on this day we need to spend, like our catechism says, the whole time in the public and private exercises of God's worship. This day is all about holiness. And as my childhood pastor would say, you should be exhausted Monday morning because you spent Sunday on being holy. Now, both those conceptions are at best incomplete. The day is not primarily holy with rest, merely a means to the end of holiness. Nor is the day primarily rest, with holiness only a means to the greater end of resting. Rather, within the commandment, rest and holiness are equally ultimate. This day is a day of holiness and a day of rest. Put another way, resting is not opposed to holiness. Resting is not merely a means to the end of holiness, nor vice versa, is holiness merely a means to the end of rest. Rather, God is telling us something somewhat mind-blowing, which is this, resting is not something opposed to holiness, nor even something merely compatible with holiness, but rather, resting is something that is itself holy. Resting is something that is itself holy. Or if you want to put it a different way, the way I have it in the outline, it is a day made holy by resting. God says, keep this day holy. Use this day for me. And we say, how do I do that, God? And he says, don't do your six days work. Don't do your ordinary daily work. That is not just a means to the end of holiness, that is an act of holiness. To say, I'm not doing work today. I am not going to go into the office. I am not going to check email. I am not going to work on homework. I am not going to go out and just do a few things on this project that I have to get done for the boss or for myself as I'm my own boss. God says, this day is a day made holy by resting. In other words, yes, there's more to holiness than taking a day off, but there's not less to holiness than taking a day off. And again, the echo, the shadow of this survives in the secular world. When I worked at Walmart. They said, you have an eight-hour shift. Within that shift, you must take at least one 30-minute lunch break, unpaid, and at least two 15-minute paid breaks. You are required to do so. This is corporate policy. Where did they get the idea that they had to require two paid 15-minute breaks during an eight-hour workday? Well, they got it from federal labor law. Where did federal labor law get that idea? Ultimately, it traces back to this. God saying, you must be holy. Here is how you will be holy. You will be holy by taking a day off your ordinary work. 
Holiness is related to doing your work. Holiness is related to stopping your work. Holiness is related to both. That is, the truly holy Christian works hard for his six days in his calling, in her calling. The truly holy Christian also knows how to rest. And rest because God demands it and says, here is how to be holy. Here's how to live for me. Don't live for work. If you're working seven days, work is your master. If you're only working six and proclaiming independence on that seventh day, work is no longer your master. You're saying, God is my master. He told me that I have a day off. So I'm taking a day off. And I'm doing so not in the name merely of physical needs for rest. Not in the name merely of spiritual needs for worship. But in the name of obedience to God who says, this day belongs to me. And I'm giving it to you and saying, don't do your daily work today. Today made holy by resting. In it you shall do no work. And God lists everybody. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your manservant, nor your maidservant, nor your cattle. So that's everyone within the household. This commandment is addressed to heads of families and saying, even if you have a large estate with servants, with animals, with many children, don't make them work. You may not. Force your slaves and your servants to work on the Sabbath day. But it's not only addressed to the governor of the family, but it also says to the stranger who is within your gates. Now, homes don't have gates. Cities have gates. The commandment is addressed even to magistrates as governors of cities saying, if there's an immigrant, a foreigner, a sojourner, a non-Israelite who lives in your city... He too has the day off. He too, the stranger within your gates. Homes have doors, cities have gates. Two different words in Hebrew. God says it's a day made holy by resting, and it's also a day made holy by blessing. In six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed Pause day and hallowed it. God put his blessing on pause day. It's his day. It doesn't belong to our daily work. It belongs to him because it's holy. To be holy means to belong to God, to be used for God, to exist for God. God took pause day and he said, this is my day. It is a holy day. Day, a day that exists for me. So the Sabbath is a holy time, just as the temple was a holy space, a place where God peculiarly, peculiarly shows himself, a place where he peculiarly sets his name on it and says, this is mine. We saw last week, of course, taking God's name in vain. God says, the Sabbath is my day. It is the Lord's day. 
So to profane the name of God, the third commandment, is directly related to profaning, profaning the time of God, the fourth commandment. So it's a day made holy by resting. A day made holy by God's blessing. The question arises immediately then, how do we pause? What is required to rightly pause on pause day? Moses boils it down to two words for us. The first word is the word remember, which is the first word of this commandment. Remember the Sabbath day. None of the other commandments starts with the word remember. They all start with thou shalt not. Well, most of them do. Or occasionally with honor your father and mother. But most of the commandments start with thou shalt not. This one starts with remember. What does that tell us? This is a command we are likely to forget. This is one that we blow off easily. I got so confused talking to my cousin who runs a pecan orchard in Georgia. We called him during the pandemic. His church was not meeting. And I said, well, how's things going? And he said, oh man, it's been tough. My ox is in a ditch every week. I'm like, your what is... You grow pecans with oxen? And he's like, no, no, I don't have, I don't have church. Church is canceled. And I just want to get out there and work on those trees. And I have to say, no, I need to stay home and be with God. Right? He was understanding the need to remember the day because it was a day that he wanted to forget. He had the little pecans and his heart told him, get out there and make those trees grow. God says, remember this day. Don't forget this day. What should we remember when we remember the day? Well, God says, remember creation. In six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Remember on this day that God made the world. Get out of your daily routine. Look around with fresh eyes and say, this is my Father's world. God made this world. And also, Deuteronomy, the Deuteronomy version of the command tells us to remember redemption. The Ten Commandments appear in Deuteronomy 5 as well as in Exodus 20. And in the Deuteronomy version, God says, The seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. Remember that you are a slave in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out from there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So we remember creation on this day. We remember God rested. We also remember redemption. Moses says, when you're a slave, you're not allowed a day off. When you worked for Pharaoh, you worked seven days a week. But now that God rescued you from Pharaoh, you get every seventh day off. It's as if God says this, your schedule will, or rather as if Pharaoh says this, or your boss says this, your schedule will not be six on, one off, but something entirely different, something determined by me rather than by Yahweh. Who is Yahweh that I should obey his voice? I do not know Yahweh, neither will I let you have one day out of seven entirely off so you can serve him. That's how Pharaoh spoke. That's how bosses talk today. 
And if your boss talks that way, it's not the part of a free Christian to say, oh, well, I guess I'll submit to this tyranny because I really need this job. The fourth commandment is your license to say, no, I won't work on God's holy day. Now, there are deeds of necessity. There are deeds of mercy. If you're a trauma surgeon, if you're a snowplower, if you're a police officer, if you're doing these deeds of necessity and deeds of mercy that people in this congregation do, God is not saying, oh well, if somebody runs into a tree on Sunday, he can go ahead and die on the side of the road. That's not what God is saying. He's saying in ordinary jobs, you can take a day off. And if your boss tells you you can't, you can say, I have a license from God that tells me I can. And if the boss says, well, you're fired, you say, that's okay. I serve God. He's my boss. And he's your boss too. In other words, do you remember redemption or do you forget it? If you remember it, you'll remember that God has permanently set the schedule of his people to look like his schedule, which is six on, one off. Six on, one off. That's how God sets up the schedule. And that's the pattern that the fourth commandment teaches. It's a day to remember, says Exodus. And Deuteronomy says that it is a day to guard. The Deuteronomy version of the commandment, again, opens with this word, guard. Guard the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Now, this guarding makes sense when you think about anybody who has a schedule that he controls himself. A self-employed individual, a homemaker, a mother, you set, in many ways, your own schedule. So do most preachers. So, you know, if I say, well, it's a Thursday, normally I would be doing my church work, but let's see, oh, this morning i got to take the kids to the dentist, and then I have a lunch appointment with so-and-so, and then after lunch I need to go to Spearfish and pick up this thing from Facebook Marketplace, and then after dinner I've got prayer meeting, and then I need to do... Right. Nobody says that it's wrong to go to the dentist, that it's wrong to go to Spearfish, that it's wrong to have a lunch appointment, but if it, at the end of the day I say, oh, I didn't do any of the work that the church is paying me to do. And I have failed to guard my schedule. I didn't do anything evil necessarily in any of the things that I did, but I did fail to carry out the job for which I'm getting paid. The same goes for the Sabbath day. God doesn't just say, remember the day. He says, guard the day. Prevent the day from being overtaken and swamped by all these other things that are going to want to crowd in. You have to guard the day. Rest and holiness will not just happen. The day has to be protected from the encroachments of work and the encroachments of of unholiness. Now this guarding is easier to understand if we recognize that a work day is not a day on which you spend 24 hours working. A work day is what? It's a day on which the main business of the day is to get to work 
to do your work, and then to get home again. An eight-hour workday is such that you can say, somebody says to you, what did you do today? You say, I went to work. I did my job. That's what a workday is. And God says that the rest day is exactly parallel. If you can say at the end of the day on Sunday, today I rested and pursued holiness. Today I pursued holiness by resting. God is not asking if you spent all 16 waking hours doing that. He's not asking if if you divided the day into 30 second increments, how many of those would you have been doing exactly what he said? No, he's saying a work day is a day whose main business is to do your work. A rest day is a day whose main business is to pursue holiness by resting. In other words, the commandment is not about did you take 30 seconds and shut off your sprinklers? Or did you throw your dirty plate in the dishwasher? It's not talking about that kind of thing. It's saying, what was the main business of the day? Was it a day where an ordinary observer would say, yeah, you pretty much gave that over to your day job. Or is it a day where an observer would say, yeah, you didn't do your work today. You did something else. You rested and pursued holiness. So God says guard because rest and holiness won't just happen. Things will crowd in to try to prevent them from happening. And this commandment says, make it your mission to prevent those things from crowding in and stopping rest and holiness. So guard your day from the encroachments of work. Right? If your boss calls and says, I need you to just come in for 20 minutes, say, mm, no, you don't. I'm not doing it. You know, if you're self-employed, you're a mother, you're a homemaker, how do you guard the day from the encroachments of work? Right? There's various things out there. Some moms prefer to do all their Sunday cooking on Saturday. Others say, look, Sunday we have ham sandwiches for lunch and we have popcorn for dinner and that's how it's going to be. We're going to guard this day from the encroachments of work. But certainly you can avoid big projects like doing two weeks worth of grocery shopping or washing all the windows in the home or things along those lines. Think of it as this, a day with no appointments, no projects, no school. Now, for some of us, our day job is the thing that calls us. I just love my day job or I'm very involved. I work at an institution and that institution has a lot of needs and I love meeting those needs. Or I have students and I'm always on call for them. Somebody texts me at 3 o'clock in the afternoon with a paper question on Sunday and I just, I write right back and say, here's how to work on that paper. Others of us, it's not our day job that calls. It's home improvement, yard improvement, car improvement, book improvement. Whatever project it is that we really enjoy calls us. When God says your daily work, he's not just talking about your day job, the thing that makes you money. He's also talking about your other responsibilities. Most of us have them, right? Yard, car, home, housework, relational work, keeping up with various people. All of this is things that we have to do. 
God is saying simply, keep the day holy by resting from your everyday business. Guard the day from the encroachments of work. It's very easy to say, well, I just have a one-hour project. Well, that becomes a three-hour project. And then I'm too tired to go to evening worship because I had to do the three-hour project. So guard the day from the encroachments of work. Guard the day from the encroachments of unholiness. Again, holiness is a statement of purpose. Holiness is about what are you doing it for? Is it for God? Or is it for some other purpose? Any activity that's not for God's sake is an unholy activity. It doesn't mean that it's wrong on a regular common day. But on an extraordinary day, a day of holiness, we should be doing things that are holy, that belong to God in a special way. Ordinary activities belong to God in an ordinary way. Perfectly legitimate things like organized sports, concerts, our day jobs. These are activities that belong, ordinary activities belong to God in an ordinary way. But for an extraordinary day, a holy day, we should be doing activities that belong to God in an extraordinary way. So there are plenty of perfectly good goods out there like fun, entertainment, relaxation, and art. Pause day is a day separated from those goods for the greatest good of all, communion with God. Remember we talked last week about God's name. What did I say? There are certain things that God has put His name on. God's people. God's book. Or we have the people of God, the Word of God, the house of God the Spirit of God, the Son of God. Five things that God has put His name on that are mentioned over and over and over and over in the Bible. These things belong to God in an extraordinary way. And these are the things that God's day should be about. On the Lord's day, we should be paying attention to the Word of God, the people of God, the Son of God, the Spirit of God, because it is the day of God and we spend it in the house of God. So we honor God's name by protecting God's day. Also, a Christian who doesn't have time for evangelism, a Christian who doesn't have time to teach his children the Bible, a Christian who doesn't have time to do his own private worship or get into the Word of God, dig in and study. The Christian who doesn't have time to pray with his family. That's a Christian who's wasting the Sabbath day. A Christian who says, well, I would like to spend time with God's people. I would like to spend more time on the Bible. I just don't have time. That's why God gives us a day every week and says, on this day, I've freed you from your other work. Today, you don't have to cook, clean, do laundry, get out the door, get to work, get your job done, collect your paycheck, manage your accounts, pay your bills, and all the thousand and one things that adulting consists of. Today is pause day, and on this day, you remember... 
creation and redemption, and you guard the day from the encroachments of unholiness. God is not saying that sports are evil, that concerts are evil, that your day job is evil. But he's saying anything on this day that keeps you from remembering creation, that keeps you from remembering redemption, that keeps you from guarding the day from encroachment on rest or encroachment on holiness is an error. Something that you should not be doing on this day. So finally, quickly, when to keep the Sabbath day. I think most of us, myself included, just assume that the fourth commandment as written specifies that Saturday is the Sabbath. That's not true at all. The fourth commandment says nothing about which day of the seven is the Sabbath day. If you want to get a particular day of the week out of the commandment, you actually have to read that into the commandment. Let me read that into the commandment for you right now. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day of the week is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you nor your son nor your daughter, your manservant, your maidservant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days of the week the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the seventh day of the week and hallowed it. The text does not say that. You have to import the concept of the week into the text and place it there. The text actually says the Lord blessed, well, the Lord made heaven and earth to see and all that in them is and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day. Right? It specifically draws a distinction between resting on the seventh day and blessing the Sabbath day doesn't say he rested the seventh day, he blessed the seventh day. It says he rested the seventh day, he blessed pause day. Pause day, the Sabbath day, is not tied to a particular day of the week in this commandment. Sabbath day is a day that God blessed, a day that God made holy, and a day that in the New Testament is the first day of the week. So the commandment simply demands one out of every seven days. That's the moral portion of the command. That pattern. Six on, one off. Six on, one off. Every seventh day belongs to God. But it doesn't say every seventh day of the week belongs to God. Just that every seventh day belongs to God. So if you ask which day of the seven is it? Well, the New Testament keeps bringing up the first day of the week. In fact, the first day of the week is the only day of the week that the New Testament ever mentions. It doesn't say, on Tuesday morning, Jesus went down to the temple. never says that. It only says, on the first day of the week, they gathered for worship. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And so on. The New Testament repeatedly brings up the first day of the week, John actually calls the first day of the week the day belonging to the Lord using an adjective elsewhere used only to designate the supper belonging to the Lord. Right? We have the Lord's Supper. We have the Lord's Day. That day fits exactly what the fourth commandment describes about this is a day that God made holy. 
So what's required in the fourth commandment? Just this. If Jesus is your Lord, don't take His day. It's His day. It's not your day. It's the Sabbath. It's Pa's day, not the weekend. Your day. In creation, He gave us ourselves. In redemption, He gave us Himself. Remember that. Guard this day. And you will be holy. Let's pray. Father, we thank You that You have told us to work six days and stop and rest for one day. Work six, rest one. Lord, we ask that You would help us to do that. That we would not get all tied up on silly questions about tiny minutia. That we would understand that just as we have work days, in which, broadly speaking, our main purpose is work, so we have rest days in which, broadly speaking, our main purpose is to be holy by resting. Give us the grace to do that, to keep this command, to love this command. We pray in the name of your Son. Amen.